Hi everyone, my name is John Bay. I'm the CEO of Standard Uranium. We are a Canadian junior exploration company, five projects in the Athabasca Basin. We're currently about to head into 2023 with our largest drill exploration program to date. John, good to see you. Welcome to the UK. Hey, thanks Matt, nice so to be here. It's your early stage, right? Your early stage, mm -hmm. you're, you're still seeking that first discovery. So why would a company like you come to an event like this? Oh, good question. So these events are much more than just the talks you hear downstairs. And the talks downstairs are all about the entire nuclear fuel cycle. So we're seeing the nuclear utilities here. We're seeing government people here. You're seeing CEOs of exploration production. All the companies are here. So this is sort of an industry event. And as a CEO, you need to be knowledgeable. You need to know what's going on. You need to read the sentiment of the whole nuclear fuel cycle. And you need to make those relationships. Relationships take time to build trust, to get to know everyone. And on top of that, we're meeting with investors here. We're meeting with our peer companies. We're looking at projects, you know, possible M&A type activities, as well as finding out what our peers are doing. So great place to be. And of, of course, as a CEO, we're always marketing. You're always meeting new investors. And that's part of what we're doing. In okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that bit. I've got to ask this question, which I've asked everyone about so far, which is because I'm, I'm, I'm referencing 2019 when, I was, hmm. when this was last on. Yeah, this, it was not a happy place, right? Mm -hmm. What's the mood? Uh, I would say it's extremely bullish. I'd say this is the third time I've come to WNA, and this time, uh, when you walk in the room, the energy is buzzing. People are talking about nuclear all over the world. Like that supply-demand gap that's been there for a few years, it's getting larger and larger and larger, and we're just starting to see it. The, the, gov the governments are here being supportive. The American government, um, Katie Huff, she was incredible yesterday talking about how the U.S. government is getting behind nuclear and pushing hard. They think they're going to double their nuclear size by 2050, double what it currently is, and they're already the largest uh, you know, nuclear you know, 2050. When you say like 2050 to investors, they go, yeah. whatever, right? It's a long ways away, but you, you got to start now. You got to start. Right. It'll uh, be over they, like Did that. she yeah. say, we're, we're going to make the money available to do this? Because someone's going to pay for these reactors. She was, she was hinting around that. Yeah. She was going to be putting incentives in place and, you know, giving people the ideas of, you know, get the industry going. So right. it was good to see. I mean, this is a, a complete 180 from the U.S. government on both sides. Now both of them are all getting behind. When I say both, I mean, you know, the conservatives, the liberals, they're all, they're all behind it now. Cross, cross yeah. aisle. Which is great. Yeah, and a, and a mm. big shift in narrative from certainly when we were last here in 2019, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, um, just in terms of the who you're here to meet, but yeah, you mentioned investors mm -hmm. and so forth. So again, with, it, with again, mood with investors is compared to 2019, mm. which was very much hands off. Are they still just watching brief or are they trying to pick where they place their capital? Do they yet understand this whole nuclear cycle and how it works? Yes and no. I mean, there's a whole range of investors. You know, we have right. the, the retail investor to the family offices, to the institutionals, to the hedge funds. They've mm -hmm. all got different investment theses and what they're looking for. And, and where do we fit into that? We're not for everybody. You know, we're a small micro cap company, market cap of between 20 to 25 million currently. So that takes us out of the range of a lot of investors right away. Um, now, are they knowledgeable? Many of them are extremely knowledgeable, and I think um, the education level that we're seeing in the investment community is really coming up in the past few years. It's remarkable what investors are getting off Twitter right now. The amount of information in the nuclear space is phenomenal. I, I give a lot of uh, you know kudos to some of those people who are on Twitter putting information out there that is credible information that's helping investors understand the cycle. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, the Sorry. Some better than others, I think. Yes. I, we, we like fact-based fact knowledge as mm -hmm. opposed to pumping. Yes. Um, th th again, so let's let's talk about some of the people that you're you're, you're seeing here in London. So it comes back to the question: Why are you here? Can yeah. you 
you learn all this on Twitter. Now, who are these relationships that you um, are trying to build? Um, who are they with? Okay, so in London, there's a number of funds that we'll see. We've seen them probably a few times we've been here. And there's a few investors that we haven't met that we know we want to get in front of. So that's another reason why we're okay. here. So we lean on um, you know individuals like yourself. Not all, not all marketing firms are doing the same thing, but some of them have got a good network of people that can introduce us. Yeah. Some of our peers that we're here with, um, they're opening doors for us. And then some of the other investors we've seen here in the past are starting to invite us back and introduce us to some of their peers okay. as well. So that all, you know, it's all about relationships. Relationships, building relationships. Okay. And then most investors won't invest the first time they hear your story. They want to look at you. They want to hear your story. They want to see where your money's gone last time you were here. Did you do what you say you were going to do? Is that money going into drilling or are you doing something else with it? So they follow you. And maybe it's a second or third meeting where they say, okay, John, you know what? You've told me this and you've done it. So now I'm ready to make an investment. It might be small to start and then they'll ease into something larger. Like anything in life, yeah. you got to know what you're getting into, uh, getting into bed with. Um, I, I, I get that. Um, so apart from the US government talking about incentives mm -hmm. and getting behind this and needing to double the size of the, the US fleet by 2030, what were the other kind of big messages coming out of the conference? Mm, I would say just the understanding that nuclear is going to be needed across the globe going forward. There is no way around getting to this you know, net zero without nuclear. And right. we're starting to see, you know, every country that we're making big announcements, whether it's Germany keeping reactors on through the winter, whether it's California, you know, right. keeping Diablo Canyon open, or UK moving hard into small modular reactors plus size we'll see, and, you know, France and Korea and China, it's everywhere. So that is huge. But is this, a, is this an anti-fossil fuel narrative, or is this a we just don't have cheap enough baseload mm. conversation? It's a good question. I think it's a combination. I right. think there's a whole um, mentality shift that has to happen in, in the world for people. They've been feared off nuclear for decades. Everyone's been telling them that it's terrible and it's dangerous and it's mm. not going to work. And now people are starting to take time to understand it and dig into it and, and see that, you know what, nuclear is actually clean, it's safe, mm. and it works. And it can be done. And it's not as expensive as people say, and it doesn't always take as long to build as people say. There are people that are out there proving that it can be done on time, on budget, and it's a safe, clean, reliable base low power. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, it'd be intriguing to sort of see the various messages that currently come out. I think there's been some pretty good people standing up on, on stage, um, mm -hmm. you know, trying, trying to help people understand why nuclear and why now, because mm -hmm. uh, they say the move from what has been the narrative in the past. It's a, very, it's a very very difficult one, but it seems the governments are getting behind it, which is it was a key to it. Let's talk about yeah. you though. Okay. Yeah. You've you've raised a bunch of money recently. Um and we've talked about some of the targets and what's the focus of the day. So maybe just remind people of um, what you're going to be allocating that money money to. Sure. So we closed the financing at the, uh, into summer. Yeah. Um, all that money went to basically our Davidson River project. So we yeah. drilled that all through the summer and wrapped that up around the end of July. Yeah. Uh, it was a great program. Uh, one of the key things I want to point out is the drilling company we had working for us. Incredible. Right. Base. Um, drilling, they came in, and not only did they finish ahead of time, ahead of schedule, and under budget, right. which is remarkable, which makes such a difference. It's yeah. a very difficult place to drill in the Athabasca Basin. Yeah. So having people that know what they're doing saves you time, saves you money, and it's uh, you'd be confident that they're going to do what they're going to do. You know? Right. Okay. But you've raised a bit more money. Yes. 
since then. Um, what, what are you chasing? What, what, what are you after? So we have five projects. Right. So last year, in this year, 2022, we drilled our Davidson River project once more, and we yeah. did our first drill program up north near Uranium City on our second project called Sundog. Yeah. So going into 2023, we also have three other projects on the eastern side of the basin, which we just finished doing geophysics on. Right. So they are all drill ready as well. And we have First Nations agreements and the permits in place. So now we have our five projects in our portfolio. Our flagship is still Davidson River. We love that project. Once again, it is you know 30 kilometers to the west of NextGen's aero deposit, which is going to be a mine and a mill in the near future. For us, making a discovery of that same type right next door is a huge win for our shareholders. Right, but small companies, small yeah. budgets, five projects. Yeah. You gotta be really astute with the allocation of capital. You gotta be highly efficient. So again, 2020, the rest of this year in 2023, mm -hmm. what are you honing in on? So right now we're getting all the data from our current drill programs. Right. That's all being um, aggregated by our geologists. All the assay results are starting to come back in now. They'll take all that data from Davidson River and we'll plug that into our leapfrog model and that'll allow them to pinpoint where we're gonna be drilling next year. Okay, nice. so what we're gonna be doing for 2023, the goal right now is Sundog is the first drill program we're gonna do. We're gonna go up there this time with two drills. Uh, our first program last winter was sort of a, one of those programs, it's your first one in, you wanna get the logistics right, you wanna see if it can be done, you wanna see how it all works out, and we nailed that. We went up with one drill, kept the budget low, yeah. now we figured that out, we're gonna go back up there in the end of February, right. right through March into early May, and we're gonna take two drills and hopefully do about 4,000 meters, which right. will be great. And we're very excited about the prospects we're seeing up there. Now that is a project, I'll remind you, it's just near Uranium City, and there's, you know, there were uranium mines there for years, from the 50s right up to the 80s. Um, at that time, it was all you know near surface stuff, beaverage type deposits. We're looking for not only that, but the stuff lower down, the source of that uranium. We're trying to get into the really, really high grade stuff, something similar to like a MacArthur River. That's what we want to find for our investors up there. Right. So we're going to go back up, drill that one, and then once that drill program is going, we're going to move the drills to the east, and the budgets there. We're going to put uh, an initial program on a couple projects there, and that'll take us through April, May, and then we'll shift those drills right down to Davidson River. And we're going to do a large program on Davidson River, which will run from end of May right until September. Now, Davidson River, once again, is our flagship. That's the one we're getting great results back, the core. I'm not sure if you managed to take a look at any of our news releases last this last summer, but we had pictures and some videos we put out showing the yeah. core that we were coming out. And that core um, had our geologists jumping up and down. Like they thought they'd hit the mother load with those pictures when the, the core came out of the ground. Mm. Now we, we zapped it with the scintillometer. It wasn't radioactive, but the core is looking identical to some of the high-grade core that was found at NextGen's aero deposits. So we know we're getting close. Our, our geologists are super excited. Can't wait to get back and be drilling that one again. Okay, and talk to me about, again, Small companies, small budget things. So I had a hard on with it, but it's, yeah. it's kind of like lots of companies have been through the process that you're going through yeah. and want to know how you're approaching it. Because do you say, look, either we rely on the market to kind of do the heavy lifting for us yeah. and shift, shift our share price because mm -hmm. uranium is on the end, and or <laughs> you hit something and you hit something quickly on one or more of your projects, in which case your choice is, do we then focus in on that one, yeah. park everything up, or if that doesn't happen, we've got five assets. There's a ton of new uranium companies springing up everywhere from Australians picking up Athabasca, Bingo. projects, et cetera. Do you offload one, two, or three of your projects, but you need to pick the best two to keep, right? So how are you approaching all of this? Well, uh, you've done your research because those are great questions. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll walk you through what we're gonna do. So okay. flagship Davidson River, 
We're not giving that up. We okay. believe that is the home run company maker, and that's the one we want to hold on to for sure. Our other projects, we like them a lot, and we think there's going to be a lot of value added to those projects with maybe one more drill program. We okay. think we're going to get into something that's going to make them very exciting. Now, we have a lot of companies approaching us from Australia or other yeah. parts of the world that want to have a flag planted in the Athabasca Basin. Um, so we're looking at those options too. I mean, do we go right into um, you know an earn-in JV model right away and let them do the work and fund it? Um, that's one option. We're in discussions with a few companies about that. Do we see if the capital's there to go take it and do an extra program on our own and then have a higher valuation to be able to do something with? That's another option. So listen, uh, it's all about finding the right people to work with. If we find the right team, the right people that we believe are in the best interests of, you know, can they do the job? How are they going to work with us? Will they bring the right capital to the table? Are we are we sure that they can do what they say they're going to do? Yeah. Those are big questions. We don't want to let one of our good projects go away to somebody that's got a story and they're there for the day. We want these to be worked beautifully. Yeah. Uh, and there will be lots of those, by the way, folks yes. listening listening in on this one. Yes. Because um, <clears throat> companies don't tend to go where they're good assets, um, typically. Uh, how do you manage the dilution component? Because that, that's that's the toughie yeah. with small. It is. When you're when you're kicking off, you gotta make sure that not only spending the money smartly, but when you go and raise capital, that it's not costing an arm and a leg. And we've had a few different companies yeah. come on in the past couple of weeks. Go, do you know what? We'll just put a feasibility study, but no one cares. So we're just gonna mm -hmm. rain things back not spend money, we'll do the desktop um, research type stuff, but until the market starts waking up, we're good. And other people are going, no, we've got to go full bore at this thing because um, we need to be ahead of the game when the market doesn't mm -hmm. know it, right? So in that depend, that's going to be reflecting on their cash positions, mm -hmm. going to define that choice. Yeah. Where do you sit in all that? So we are exploration, pure exploration. We don't have a feasibility study that we can sit back and wait and you know work yeah. on that. Our investors want us to explore. They want us drilling. So that's what we're doing. We're going out, we're drilling our programs. It takes money. And you know, every time mm -hmm. we do a drill program, we have to raise a bit of money. It has a bit of dilution, but that is the name of the game. Raise money, drill. Raise money, drill. And hopefully, you know, each time you're drilling, you're having success. That's going to move the market. So your next programs are going to, you know, have less dilution. Doesn't always work that way. Right. And we just went through a period a few months ago where the whole market just kind of went. Yeah. It was terrible. And uh, we've come out of that. Things have stabilized now. The, the investor um, interest is back up again. Right. So that's why we announced our raise um, this week. Okay. Yeah. And is the type of money the same type of money? And by that, I mean, there's people who understand uranium. Mm -hmm. As uh, some generalists, yeah, uh, very different types, and, and um, some are a little bit more twitchy than others. So, mm -hmm. have you been getting money from the same sources, or have you been finding a new audience? In which case, you know, yeah, what so they're getting to bed with. We typically don't get a lot of money from generalists. They just okay. don't understand us, and if they do, they only hear of you know a lot of the bigger companies. So yeah. for us, we're very specific as to who we target. Uh, in Canada, you know, we're fortunate. We've got uh, flow-through funds, which are available for companies that are exploring. So we use, um, you know, a company like Red Cloud or Canaccord, and we have those introductions. And now we know all these flow-through funds. And they know, look, you're going to be drilling. You've told us you're doing that. Your money goes there. We know you're doing it. So here's a way for investors in Canada to participate. They can get a tax credit, and that money goes in the ground. So we use those for part of our raise, but we also need hard dollars. So we're looking mm -hmm. for other investors, whether they be outside of Canada. There are some from the U.S. or Australia who've come along, and some of those are like in institutional funds and for a company of our size to target and be uh, attractive enough to bring institutional funds and that says a lot about what they believe in they believe in our company our geologists our projects and our structure and how we're trying to do things okay and and, and last one really is on Canada's jurisdiction Athabasca yeah. Basin everyone goes right super high grade known globally as super high grade 
uranium spot to be in. That, that, that's the postcode everyone wants to be in, or zip code as everyone wants to be in. Yeah. Um, First Nations, though, mm -hmm. social side of mm -hmm. things, really, really, really important. We're hearing stories from a couple of CEOs, Quebec, even Quebec, which mm -hmm. is, I've always deemed as one of the best provinces to mine in, yeah. in Canada. You've got First Nations groups getting together and saying, well, actually, we want more, more of the pie here. Um, it's about the money. The rest of Canada, where you know where you're working, are yeah. you, are, how are you working with First Nations? Are you starting to see the rise of environmentalists? Are you starting to see the, the mm. social d discontent, as it were? How, uh, how do you navigate well, that as Saskatchewan, an explorer? Saskatchewan's pretty good that way. Right. We're, we're not getting um, any pushback from environmentalists right now. I mean, first of all, we believe and we we tout the fact that you know we're clean energy, nuclear. We're trying to do save the environment with nuclear energy and uranium, right? So. I think environmentalists, at least some in Canada, are starting to understand that. I mean, we do everything, uh, all the programs we do are heavily monitored by the government. They come up, they check stuff out, you know, and, yeah. and you've got to be <laughs> on your game or you can lose your permits, right? Yeah. If you don't get your permits, you're not doing anything. Yeah. Now you mentioned First Nations. Look, First Nations are essential. They're our partners. They're going to have success when we have success. Uh, and it's not something that you make the mistake of starting, you know, six months after you start drawing a program. You've got to go in there. You've got to build relationships. And it takes time. It takes trust. Uh, we're very fortunate. We started this um, company five years ago. Before I set foot on our projects, I was meeting with our First Nations chief uh, and building a relationship, introducing myself, letting them know who we are, what we wanted to do, how we could work with them, how we could help bring money to the table for them through employment opportunities, working with their vendors. And we do all that. We've been doing that every year. Now, in where our Davidson River project is, we work with Chief Clark and the CRDN Nation. They've been wonderful partners. We really enjoy working with them. They've had great workers. We stay at their camp, Big Bear Camp. We share that with Fission quite often. And in our eastern projects and up at the north, uh, we have a new relationships up there. So now there's a group called the Yathanini, and they're sort of a governing body of many different tribes up there, and we're all working together. Uh, to get work done. So we now have, you know, agreements in place with our Gathanini partners for our Sundog, mm -hmm. and those are almost in place for our three Eastern ones, and that should be in place in the next month or so. And they're great. We, uh, you know, I was face to face with their CEO and their team in Saskatoon a few weeks ago, and the relationship's excellent. And I'm really happy to let my shareholders know that everything's going extremely well. Okay, cool. And the money that you've raised, um, drill campaign coming mm -hmm. up, um, just in, in, in meters, gives a sense of how much you're going out. Yeah, that's exciting. So the next drill program we're going to start is going to be not until 2023, which will start yeah. in February. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to see about eight to 10 drill holes at Sundog, which could okay. be about 35 to 4,000 meters. Okay. And if we have the capital and the opportunity on the Eastern projects, you know, there could be um, you know, three or four new holes into those projects, and that could be a couple thousand meters. And then we go down to Davidson River, our flagship. We'd like to be drilling that one, you know, you know I'd like to see it 7,500 to 8,000 meters this summer. And those are, those are nice numbers. Those are yeah. significant drill programs. And that would give our investors and the investment community nine straight months of drilling. And that is a lot of news flow, a lot of excitement. You know, every drill hole could be that discovery hole. And nice. it's, it's like that when you're drilling. So it's pretty, pretty exciting for our geologists, for our shareholders. As we're marketing and trying to tell the story, to have that news constantly coming up makes a big difference. Drilling, drill, drill, drill. Yeah. Well, John, I appreciate you coming to London. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I hope you got a lot out of the last few days. And uh, stay in touch. Okay. I will, yeah. Pleasure to be back here. Thanks for having us on your show again and allowing us to uh, share yeah. our story with your community.